I think all of us this morning, when I look around and I see people and I know your stories, I think all of us could use some rest. And I'm not just talking about physical rest. I'm talking about spiritual, emotional. Because let's face it, if you don't have emotional and spiritual rest, you don't physically rest very well anyway. You would hear people today say that rest is only for the weak, but God actually commands us to rest. Mary Carol read from Exodus, said that six days you are to do your work, but on the Sabbath or the seventh you shall cease from your labor. And not just you, but your animals, your servants, the stranger. Why? So that they may refresh themselves. How many of us, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us need refreshing this morning? This isn't just a one time a week either. If you look at the creation story, God rested every time He created something. And then the ultimate rest was not just a physical rest, but it was a, a look of enjoyment, of fulfillment. Spiritual rest is something that most people do not get. Most people today joke about getting eight hours of sleep. But what we all need is that refreshing from God, that, that knowing that in Him we have spiritual rest. You know, that's what peace is. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of war. It's not the absence of strife. Peace is knowing that God is in control amidst all of that strife. If you're looking for everything to be okay, don't hold your breath. Our souls need refreshing. Jesus invites us in Mark 6, 31, he said, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. Notice that it's a secluded place. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are okay being alone? If you can't be alone by yourself, you're, you're going to have trouble resting. You and I at times, and I would say probably every day, at some point in the day, maybe you're a morning person, maybe you're not, maybe you're a night owl, whatever's best for you, come away by yourself to a secluded place in the presence of God. Why do you need rest? Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your children. You need rest because Jesus needed rest. You know, when people say, why, why should I pray? My answer is always because Jesus prayed. If He prayed, I need prayer. If Jesus went to a secluded place and found refreshment and rest, then I need to. In fact, we live in a world, it's not even the world, let's, let's, let's be honest here, even in the church, we don't talk about rest. We are doers, right? And if you're not doing, what's wrong with you? you? You better be doing. Yes, there's time for work. There's plenty to do in the Lord's service. But let me tell you, God is not a taskmaster. 
In fact, I've even heard people say, well, there's no point in resting. Satan doesn't rest. Is that, is that, what, is that your example? God rested. So really, when we rest, you know what we're really saying? It is the greatest form of worship because we are saying to ourselves, God, I know that you're bigger than me. I know that you can take care of this. I can sit in, for one day and, and, and worship and enjoyment and fulfillment and know that you have it all under control. You can know that his eye is on the sparrow and he watches over you. One of my favorite episodes, and there are many, of the Andy Griffith show is, I think it's called Busy Man. And this guy, he's driving his car and he has to get to Charlotte the next day. And lo and behold, his car breaks down in Mayberry. And he, it's on a Sunday, okay? And in fact, you see uh, Andy and, and Aunt B and, and, and the gang, they're coming out of the church talking about how nice the sermon was. I know that's what y'all do when y'all leave here. And, and, you, you know, and they said, yeah, we're going to go do this. And, and then the guy comes up and he's frantic. Okay, and he's like, look, I got to get to Charlotte. Now, I don't know how far Mayberry was from Charlotte, but he had to get there. And everywhere he would go, they'd say, hey, can you fix this car? And, I, you know, one of the characters, oh, yeah, 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 we can fix it, but it'll be tomorrow. And they'd say, well, why? Well, it's Sunday. And then he went and they found the owner of the shop. And he's sitting there reading a newspaper. He's resting. He's enjoying his Sunday. And he said, well, does it make kind of a chicka 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 noise oh yeah 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 and does it go zoop yeah 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 oh yeah i know what that is that's a you know fuel injection or you know he tells him what it is. oh you can fix it he said oh yeah yeah we'll fix it tomorrow and he just about loses it and there finally comes this funny part where he's just had enough they can't he can't call anybody because in the little town of mayberry they let two sisters talk the whole day on the phone and finally, he just says, you know, I've had enough. And he goes outside, and there's Andy and Barney, and they're rocking in the rocking chair. And Barney says, probably for the 30th time, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a nap, and go watch TV, and go over and see Thelma Lou. And the man finally says, for all that is good and kind, go take a nap, go do this, just, just get away from me. Well, finally, they start to sing this gospel song. And the, it's, it's a great scene where they, they get close to this man who's in a hurry. And maybe from his childhood, he remembers that song. And as they sing the song, he sings it. And would you know, they get his car fixed. And as he's looking at the faces of these wonderful people who make it a point to do nothing on Sunday... He tells a lie and he says, hey, I hear something. This car isn't fixed. I think I need to stay. And he learns how important it is to not be in a hurry all the time. To rest. If you're searching for what true rest is this morning, it's only in the presence of God. In Exodus 33 verse 14, God said this, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. In one of his books, uh, Max Licato wrote called Traveling Light. 
It's about releasing burdens that you were never intended to bear. This is what he says. Now, this was many years ago. I think it's about 20 years old now, the book. He said, our bodies are tired. If 100 million Americans suffer from insomnia, what does that mean? That means one third of our country is dozing off at work, napping through class, or sleeping at the wheel. Thousands of death, road deaths per year are blamed on heavy-eyed drivers. 30 tons of aspirin, sleeping pills, and tranquilizers are consumed every day. The energy gauge on the dashboard of our forehead says empty. He goes on to say, life can get so loud that we forget to shut it down. Maybe that's why God made such a big deal about rest in the Ten Commandments. Of the ten declarations carved in the tablets, which one occupies the most space? You ever thought about this? He talks more about resting than he does murder, adultery, or stealing. God needed five English words to condemn adultery, four to denounce thievery and murder, but when it came to rest, Lakato adds, one sentence would not suffice. Mary Carroll read it to us earlier, but I'll, I'll remind you of it. Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, or your cattle, or your stranger who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. And then Max Lucado ends with this quote, God knows us so well, he can see the store owner reading this verse and thinking somebody needs to work that day. If I can't, my son will. So God says, nor your son. Then my daughter will. No, not her either. Then maybe an employee. No, not your servant. I guess I'll have to send my cow to run the store. No, no animals. Or maybe I'll find a stranger to help me. No, God says one day of the week, you will say no to work and yes to worship. You will slow and sit down and lie down and rest. The thing that our parents told us to do more than anything when we were kids, we wish we could do as adults, go sit down somewhere. I don't know how many of you were told that I was. Go sit down or I'll make you sit down. And now as adults, we're like, please tell me to go to my room. Please tell me to go lay down somewhere. But you know, we still object to the Lord. But, but Lord, who's going to run these things? What about my grades? What about my, my sales quota? What, what about blah, 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 blah? We offer up one excuse after another to keep going. And God says, if I can create this universe in six days you can and rest, then you can too. If creation didn't crash when I rested, it won't crash when you do. You know, this is what some of us need to repeat. It is not my job to run the world. So why are you trying? You need rest. I'm not saying don't work. In fact, here, here's, a, here's a misinterpretation of Scripture. Work was not a curse. God told Adam when he was created and put him in the garden, he said, I'm putting you in the garden to work it. 
are the, what's, what's now a curse is not the work. It's what goes on. It's why we have to work. It's what goes on in the midst of work. Work is a curse when we're not fulfilled. Sometimes it does feel like you have to run your whole world, or at least part of it. Sometimes it does feel like the burden of work or the burden of family or whatever it may be may be very heavy, maybe even too much. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people who care for loved ones become more sick than the one they're caring for. When these things get to us, or better yet, before they get to you, take time for yourself. Mothers, take time for yourself. Fathers, take time for yourself. <laughs> I read on Facebook, said, um, I used to wonder why my dad would take walks. And now I take walks and realize he was just trying not to kill everybody in the family. You know, there's times when we have to say to everybody, I need a time out. Because when I take the time out, when I stop, because that's what Sabbath really means, it really just means to stop. To stop for a, a, a period of time. And you know what happens when you do that? You're better. I tell my staff, you know, I go on vacation for you. I'm a better pastor when I come back. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. And you are too. Because you all realize when we, and I don't mean you have to go somewhere. I've been on vacations where I came back more tired than I was when I left. But if, if, if I'm, I'm getting a little too close to home, let me tell you what Jesus says. He's, he invites us not to work, but to rest in Him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Now when they... When people heard Jesus say this, they knew exactly what he was talking about. He's using an illustration of a yoke, of that, of that object that is put on uh, an animal to do heavy work. And it was heavy and it was burdensome. And what Jesus is saying is, you know what, if you follow me, the yoke I put on you will be light. It'll be joyful. You, you will actually enjoy what you're doing because you'll find rest in it. You know, sometimes uh, when we rest, we, we realize then how drained we really were. And Jesus said, learn from me. Maybe we're all still learning to rest. I, I know of people who are retired who, who have said to me, I'm busier now than I've ever been. Learning to rest is a lifelong process. We can learn from Christ how to have our burden lighter because He knows what we need. We think we know, but we don't. Rest is a word often spoke, but it's an action rarely taken. People uh, brag about how long they stay at the office or what time they get there. One pastor said he's never, never sat at a deathbed with someone that said, hey, go get me that gold watch and I want to show you how many years I put in at the office. They wanted their family around them. They wanted people around them that could say, we love you. This is what's really important. And Jesus knew that. I hope you know this morning how important it is to have rest. 
Here's the truth. If you don't, if you don't get away and find rest, you'll end up in the hospital. You'll end up with a nervous breakdown. You'll end up not being the caretaker you wanted to be. Not being the provider you wanted to be. Because we are not created to run 24-7. Jesus said, come to me. And yes, the minute that you entertain even the idea of resting, I know your mind will say, yeah, but this has to happen and this needs to happen. And that's when you and I need to remember it is not your job to run the world. Let me share with you one more illustration from Max Licato. He said, when I was 10 years old, my mother enrolled me in piano lessons. Many youngsters excel at the keyboard. He said, not me. Spending 30 minutes every afternoon tethered to a piano bench was a torture just one level away from swallowing broken glass. He must really hated piano lessons. Some of the music, though, I learned to enjoy. He said, I hammered the staccatos, I belabored the crescendos. But there was one thing, one symbol of music he said he could never understand. It was a zigzag command to do nothing. We call it the rest. What sense does that make, he said? Why sit at the piano and pause when you can pound? Because, his teacher explained, music is always sweeter after a rest. Life is too. When you and I take the time that we need to say, Lord, today I'm going to rest. Now, I'm going to say something that might shock you. Maybe Sunday, for some of us, is not a day of rest. Find a day to rest. Find a day. Now, you know, we can worship the Lord in here, but you can also worship the Lord in a deer stand. You can worship the Lord with a fishing pole. You can worship the Lord just by sitting out on your porch looking at His creation. God did not say, on the Sabbath day, you got to do blah, 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 blah. He's just telling you what not to do. Don't go work, but find something that fulfills you that you can look and it, and it reminds you of your Creator. Friends, you and I learn this every time you plug in your cell phone. You'll say, oh, my cell phone's at 2%. It's at 1%. How many, of you, how many of us, let's just be honest, how many of us are living on 2%? How many of us are on 5%? You know, there's a, there's a warning uh, on your phone. Uh, I don't know uh, how many of you have Samsung. I've never had one. But on the Apple phone, my battery, the little symbol will turn red. And it's a reminder, hey, you need to charge it up. You know, when I start getting irritable, uh, when I start losing my temper, when I start, um, you know, what, what's, what's the phrase? When I start harping on every little thing, maybe that's the Lord's way of saying, hey, you, you need some rest. You need to step back and realize you're not in control. The writer of Hebrews, in closing, reminds us that believers today, if you have a relationship with Christ, you can enter His rest. 
When we yield and learn of Him and obey Him by faith, when we submit to Christ, we find rest. We find the peace of God. In fact, we find peace with God. And then we find the peace of God. Hebrews chapter 4, 1 through 10 tell, tells us that those that know Christ enter a spiritual rest. Yes, this world is chaotic. It always has been. It always will be. But you and I can have peace. We can have rest in knowing that we rest upon the everlasting arms of Jesus. This morning, as Mary Carol plays the piano, I'm just going to invite you to come and pray. She's going to play a familiar tune. But if you are someone that is saying, I, I need rest, Lord, and I don't just mean a nap on Sunday afternoon. I mean, Lord, I, I, I need to be mindful and be reminded that you're in control and that you've already promised you'll see everything through. I just need to trust you. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe you can't remember the last time you had rest, true rest. You ever heard people just say, you know, I'm, I'm just tired. They're not talking about I didn't get enough sleep. They're saying their soul is tired. If that's you this morning, you come to this altar, you come and meet God where you are, and He'll give you the rest that only He can provide. Thank you.